Well, God is great. God is good. God will make you feel like you should. Uh, it's good to be at Holy Pond today. I'm changing the name of your town to Holy Pond, and uh, I think it, it's better. I don't know what the world, where Holly comes from. Uh, how many live in Holly, Holy Pond? Good, good group here. Uh, uh, Scoop Sunday. What kind of ice cream you serving? You said bluebell. Well, blue bluebell is what I like. I don't like any other kind. <laughs> Bluebell's the most expensive. And I know y'all are frugal, so you probably didn't buy bluebell. <laughs> well, I'm anyway. I'm I'm trying to keep my weight down, so I wouldn't eat any anyway. Uh, you know, I weigh every morning. I weigh on the scale. I I, I don't want to. I watch pastors and preachers all over the country, and they they're sticking out, and I don't want to stick out. So I, I watch my weight. I'm like a woman with my weight, but that's <laughs> that's just who I am. Praise the Lord. Mary rebukes me. My wife is not here. Marvis Mary. She was supposed to be here. Marco's trying to take her place, but <laughs> it's an utter failure. <laughs> they don't look alike. He's not pretty. He's not shaped like her, and the, the, the list goes on and on, but... Uh, I'm glad he's here. He really is a great man of God, and he's my spiritual son, and uh, he is my bodyguard. I warned the church at, at Arab, don't come at, don't come too close to me. Walk slow near me, because he's my armor bearer. And if you try to touch me without permission, he'll hurt you. <laughs> so don't let your demons get out of hand. But anyway, it's great to be here, and I bring you greetings, swamp greetings from Laplace. That's a French word. It means the place, and I'm, I'm an Aguilord. It's a Spanish name, but the Cajuns have, we bred in with Fontenot's and Savoies, and so they, my last name is called Aguia back home. It, it, you know, Cajuns, they change everything. They're changing the world right now and with their sauce piquant and their catfish cuvion. Uh, I'm getting hungry now. I better stop. <laughs> but I, I want to honor, again, Pastor Keith and Kelly here and, and, of course, Jessica. We don't go back quite as far. And I do love you, Pastor Eon. You're a great heart, great guy. But I'm going to brag on these three. I know them real well. A little better than you, but Jessica wants me to say that you're good. <laughs> I mean, she told me to tell you that. And, and she looks a lot younger than you. How many years? Ten years difference in age? Eight? Okay, well, I knew you looked a lot younger than him. He's <laughs> but anyway, uh, 17 years now in relationship, and then, of course, Meredith, and we go back, and I see Teresa back there. Some of you, we go way back, and uh, and I just, just can't honor them enough. Uh, and they're just so, they're wonderful people. And uh, I know it's the wonder of the Holy Spirit working in them. And Jessica's a little warrior. She's a fighter. If, if she finds out I'm in trouble, she calls me her Papa Rod, and uh, they're like grandkids to me. And uh, so one was raised, one was mentored uh, by Pastor Keith and Kelly. So you coming out of good stock. You both have a, a lamb and a lion heart. He's the lamb that's the lion, and you have that heart. And uh, just don't mess with Jessica. Just be careful what you say to her, and don't talk against her man. They have people that have talked against me in front of Mary, and Katie bore the door on that one. And uh, she, uh, she, 
I appreciate people who fight for me. I don't like to fight. I'm a lover. So I got fighters all around me. Kelly's a fighter, and she's a fighter. She's got a tiger. I told her today she's got a tiger in the tank. Uh, Brother Keith does too, but he's more of a he's more of a big heart guy. You know, he loves everybody. Kelly loves you if you unless you cross something, and then <laughs> <laughs> she she so I admire her. I like that. I like that spice. That's why I married Mrs. Spice. She's feisty. Uh, two times I didn't understand Mary. That's my wife. That's before I married her and after I married her. <laughs> and uh, uh, I wrote this book. This is my latest book on uh, on uh, love heals and the healing of the broken heart. Uh, Mary and I's heart had been shattered on more than one occasion, and we've learned how the Holy Spirit loves and how he loves to heal. Jesus is the healer, but the Holy Spirit is the anointing of the healer. And so I just happened to commune with him a lot, and he's always healed our broken heart, but all the pieces back together again. So if your heart's a little wounded or hurt today, I, I welcome the Holy Spirit here today. I welcome Holy Spirit to touch your heart and to heal your heart in Jesus' name. And uh, I, I think it's an, an anointed book. It's not the Bible. It's not infallible. But you may, if you got a heart or you know someone that has a broken heart, it would be a good thing to, uh, and I'm just going to mention something about the marriage book because uh, Mary's not here, so I can, that's my wife, that's marvelous, and uh, she's kissing me on the cheek. She wanted to go for the lips because she loves my lips. I have big lips, they're luscious lips. <laughs> Brother Keith has liver lips, and, uh, and so uh she was attracted to me because of my lips. Now, if she'd be here, she would say, no, I'm a gold digger. I thought he had a lot of money. It's <laughs> the only reason I went, went for him. But uh, the first chapter is on communication. Mary's a great communication. I call her doctor. You got the ice cream. Wait up on that ice cream in there. Uh, <laughs> she, uh, she's Dr. Yakety Yak. Social experts say a woman has 24,000 words a day. I believe that. And Mary talks when she sleeps. See, she's not here, so I can say what I want. <laughs> and and, and uh, so that's her. And I, if you look at the book carefully on the way out, my eyes are actually lit. As she, she, uh, man, I miss you, Mary. I, I hope to get home soon today. I love you, but I love her so much more <laughs> than you. And uh, the second chapter is uh, listening. Uh, lovers, a listener. The Lord, I, Holy Spirit, I believe, gave me that coin. The lover's a listener. The listener's a lover. So, man, if you want to have a happy wife, you've got to first be a listener. And if you're a listener, that makes you a lover. And so, uh, but uh, I, uh, I introduced this book. By the way, we've been married for 63 years. Uh, I married her when she was 12. I was 13. We had a young marriage. And, uh, and I can say that since she's not here. Because she'd be, Mary sits on the front row, and I try not to look at her when I'm preaching. Because when I say something off color, she frowns at me. <laughs> she does this. And so she, um, that's the only reason I'm glad she's not here. <laughs> Other than that. But, uh, but these, uh, these two books would help you in life. Uh, and I don't, I don't make money on this. This is not any part of my income, so I'm not. I just think it would be a help to you. Uh, it expresses a lot of my life. Uh, I, I, I shared with the 
church at Arab, uh, interesting story about poor communication. Some of you may have poor communications in your marriage, and this, this um, what I'm about to tell you may describe that, and it may, it may Holy Spirit use you or use it. A lady went to a lawyer and, uh, and said, my husband wants a divorce. And he, the lawyer said, does he have any grounds? He said, yes, he has 24 acres. <laughs> Communications. No, 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 that's not what I'm asking. Does he have a grudge? No, we have a carport. That's, that's Alabama woman, grudge. It's, it's supposed to be garage. And uh, then he winkled, uh, his brow winkled, and said, uh, said, no, no, does he beat you up? No, I get up before him every morning. I beat him <laughs> up. <laughs> and the lawyer said, lady, what's the problem? He said, I can't communicate. He said, I'm a poor communicator. Did, did this describe her communications or not? Some of you don't get it. You're, where are you from, Alabama? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, anyway, God's great. God's good. Uh, put up that first line. I have, I have one word from heaven for you today here, and the word is trust him. When you can't believe when you can't think, and even when you can't pray, you can trust him. I've been there where all I had was trust. Nothing else, no feelings, no leading, no direction, confusion. All I could do was trust him. And by the time I'm through with this message, I pray, Holy Spirit, use something in here to open your heart up to see that's, that's going to be the foundation of who you are, is trusting him. So I'm turning to a, a guy by the name of Job. Anybody ever hear of Job? And he's, um, he, he is the example of a man that is going through the storms of life. And I want to give him as the example of trust. And uh, is the PowerPoint up there? Well, I, I can't see it, but I, I know what it says. And I, I, want you to, I want you to give this point up there. Trust God even when it doesn't make sense. And I'm just going to, and some of you already know this, but a lot of things that's going to happen in your life does not make sense. And a lot of things in your life that's going to happen to you, you're not going to understand why it's happening. And, you, and you're going to wonder where God went. And you're going to question, where's God at in this thing? That's when trust has to come in. You're not, you don't let trust come in, then you're going to begin to move in doubt and unbelief, and then you're going to begin to lose your walk with him. I want us to consider Job. That's what God says. Satan, consider my servant Job. There's no one like him. He's above reproach. He's, he's pure. He's, he's blameless. He's upright. He fears God, and he hates evil. Yet suddenly, I, I do not like all the suddenness of life. I like Malachi 3 where God says you're going to come suddenly. I like that suddenly. I like Acts 2 when God came suddenly by wind and by fire. I like that suddenly. But I don't like all the suddenness of life. Because suddenly he lost his wealth. And suddenly he lost his children. And suddenly he lost his health. Just like that. One day fair weather. The next day everything gone. Everything lost. Only thing he didn't lose was his wife. 
And she said, curse God and die. If I'd have been God, I'd have killed her. But the devil wanted to leave her behind to torment him. Now, most women don't torment their husbands, right? Anybody here like to torment your husband? Uh, Mary doesn't like to torment me, but she likes to, uh, she says I complete you. She likes to, uh, she likes to correct me. She solves that completion. And I keep telling her, Mary, I'm adding a chapter to the book that I wrote on amazing marriage. You're not my mother. <laughs> you, you have no authority to correct me. Only my mama and my papa had that correction. Say, well, you need a mama. And so you, you can't beat a sharp woman. You can't, you, can't, you can't outwit her. You can't outtalk her. You can't outthink her. And I, I'm convinced women think 24 hours a day on how they can outwit their husband. <laughs> At least mine does. And so he, he, no doubt when he suddenly lost everything, don't, no doubt he was stunned. How many know when you lose things, you get stunned? When you lose things that are precious in your life, you get broken. It, uh, brokenness begins to happen. And, 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 and in that state, often you, you can start asking, why God, why God? And, and it's okay to ask him why a little bit, but you stay there too long, you're not in trust anymore. But, but Job never went there. You see, he was an amazing man of God. He never went to the why. And we're going to see that here in Job chapter 1 and verse 18 when the, when the, the servants begin to tell him, all your, you lost all your camels, you, they killed all your servants. And while he was still speaking, another Two bad messengers came. Enough with one bad report, but another bad report comes. He said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother. Now, don't take that and go drink wine. In the oldest, in the oldest brother's house, and suddenly, there it is, suddenly. I don't like this suddenly right here. I don't like some suddenlies that happened in my life. And still, suddenlies happen that I don't like. I'm not sure the suddenlies will ever stop in your life. I'm not sure the storms of life will never stop in your life. You're always going to, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always in a, well, not always, but I'm either in a storm or in cloudy weather, and, and not in fair weather, but that doesn't last long. But I'm always moving forward in the purposes of God. Therefore, the devil hates me, and I'm under, often under counterattacks, and I don't like the counterattacks of the devil. I just want to tell you that. I don't like them. I don't like when the enemy comes in me like a flood, but, but the Lord will raise up a standard, and his name is Jesus. So in the midst of his counterattacks, God's there, and God wins the day. Can you say amen? If you trust him, but you've got to trust him. When you can't see, when you can't hear, when you don't know, you're just going to have to trust him. That's the bottom line. Trust him. And I'm going to help you a little bit to understand that, and that will add to you in the years to come. But here's what Job did. He did, not, uh, he did not ask God why. He, he did not complain. He did not charge God. But yet, Job arose in verse 20. Listen to this. He, he grieved. He tore his robe and he, he shaved. Mary wants me to shave my hair, but I'm, uh, my ears are so big I don't want to shave it. He shaved his head and he fell to the ground and he worshiped. In the midst of losing everything, he worshiped. Worship means to kiss the feet of our Father, kiss the feet of Jesus. That's worship. And so he bowed down and he worshiped. And then he made, he made this great declaration 
uh, that God had the last word. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. And listen to this great statement of trust. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That is a strong, that is the strongest faith confession I believe I've ever read in the Bible. In the midst of loss, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of heartbreak, in the midst of being shattered, he said, God gave and God took, and blessed be the name of the Lord. And whether it be your, someone here probably may have lost a spouse, and someone may have lost a child like I've done, or lost a sibling, and in, in the midst of it, in the midst of it, it's hard to bow down. It's, it's easy to mourn, and you should mourn. You should weep, but at some point, you must worship him. In verse 22, in all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong, rather he worshiped, and, and I'm, I'm proud to say by the help of Holy Spirit, on the day of my daughter's funeral at 43 years old when she tragically lost her life, on the day of her, and I took us a few days to recover for the, for the funeral, but in those days, we came to a place of surrender in the grace of God. Oh, the grace of God. Ain't nothing like her. I call her a her. She's a comforter, like a woman is a comfort to a child. The Holy Spirit comes to comfort you and give you grace. And on the day of her funeral, we had the church was full. We had six or seven hundred people there honoring her going going away. And, and Mary and I were able to lift our hands <laughs> and worship him and thank him for the 43 years that we had her in Jesus' name. We refused to charge God. What the devil suicide is not from the spirit of that's a demon. Spirit of suicide, spirit of depression, that's demons at work. This is a way out, and they take it. But we worshiped him that day and gave him glory. And I'll never forget Jonathan Stockstill, let I worship, and he sang one of my favorite songs, Open Up the Skies. Have you all ever heard that song? What a great song. And, and we worshiped him. I asked Jonathan to sing his songs, Open Up the Skies, and others that he has written. And, and I tell you, the whole congregation just worshiped him in the midst of tragedy and death and loss. We worshiped him. That's trust. When you can thank him in the midst of a storm, you're learning how to trust him. It's not your great faith. It's simply your sweet surrender. The Lord gave and the Lord took. This message was born from a 12-mile ridge. Do you know where the 12-mile bridge is at? Between Laplace, the place, that's where I'm from, from the place, the rising, rushing river. Between Laplace and Kinner is a 12-mile bridge. It goes up on the edge of Lake Pontchartrain. More wrecks on that bridge. You know where it's at? Yeah, it goes to yeah. Kinner. You've been across that, yeah. Mary and I, on a very dreary day, it was cloudy and dreary, uh, typical Louisiana dreary day, and I think in, it was in, uh, in the winter of, 88, or the, I think it was, but it doesn't matter when, it was 88, and, and Lynn, my, my beautiful daughter, it was her first nervous breakdown, her bipolar at 22, and we were going to a mental ward at Ostner Clinic on the west in New Orleans, and, and, and we, we, were, we, were, we were down. Have you ever been down and dirty and desperate? That's where we were. Dr. Dobson, anybody ever hear of Dr. Dobson? Oh, yeah. On the radio, he, he was 
he was sharing, this message you're about to hear is for desperate people. I said, whoa, Mary, it's for, we, we're desperate. Uh, we're in, I remember the emotion of the moment. We're in distress, and, and Dr. E.B. Hill came on. You ever hear of Dr. E.B. Hill, a black Baptist, one of the greatest preachers that ever walked planet Earth, and, and he was preaching baby's funeral. Baby was his wife, and, and, and he was preaching her funeral, and, and that, that was the, the, desperate me the message for the desperate that came in here. I just took an excerpt out of his message, and this is where this message was born back many years ago. On trust, I start learning a little bit about it. I'm going to quote a little bit of what he said. He said, baby's illness was serious, and the doctors in private comfort said they did all they could do. I don't know if you've ever heard that word. You've heard that word, Teresa. A and my, doctors, my doctor was here today with tears in his eyes, apology, with apologies, said, there's nothing else we can do. And that's a terrible word to hear. I feel for people. I've ne never really heard that word yet. Uh, I said, thank you. You are a practicing physician, and you did all that you can do. You did all that you can do. And Evie Hill did what we all have to do. He went into the chapel of the hospital, and, and he made this statement. He said, God, and I like this simplicity of faith, reality of, of who we are as humans. I said, I said, God, I want to talk to you. You ever just want to talk to him? And, and uh, I want to, you to permit me to speak to you as I am. That's a good place. And I've been there. I can identify here. I'm an ignorant man. And I don't want to call myself ignorant. But I'm just a messenger boy. That's all I am. I'm just a little somebody for the kingdom. And, and uh, I need Holy Spirit so much in my life. I love him. I'm not a sissy. I'm just tender today. Is that okay with you? Yeah, don't call me a sissy. If you do, my wife will come and knock, <laughs> knock the Hades out of you. And Marco may. I'm not sure he'll take up with me that much. Said if, if I were a mayor, I could talk to you. If you were a governor, I could talk to you. And E.B. Hill has talked to presidents. That's how much influence he's had. I'm starting to snot a little bit, but I mean drip. Miss Holy, you won't? <laughs> Justin. Justin, you want some of that? <laughs> I'm sorry, Jessica. I love you, though. said, I, I talked to Sarah, but you're God. I said to God, I want her back, and you're able to do the miracle. How many know God's able to do a miracle? Yeah. I mean, God, God didn't always do the miracle. Yeah, and and I, I got up, and two simple words came to me, trust me. And I do that with an exclamation mark because I think that's the way God said it. Trust me. And I quickly concluded that trust me meant that he was going to heal her and touch her liver and make the tumor disappear. But the Spirit did not say that. The Spirit said, trust me. And I said in an argument, you said, trust me. What is there to trust if you don't take her cancer away? What is there to trust? 
The Spirit said, taking away a cancer is not what I meant. I meant, trust me. Trust me even when baby is out of sight. Now, that's not easy. That's not an easy word. Then I said, I have to go to my study and read over what God does do with those that he takes. God gives, God's take. Devil, devil can't kill. He can, he can lead somebody to that place, but it's God who takes. What happens to them when the Lord takes them? What happens to people that the Lord doesn't heal? What happens to Christians who die and leave their remains? I had to trust him more intelligently. You need to know what trust means. So I'm going to help you a little bit with it. As I read, blessed are the dead that die in the Lord. I read in another place that they who are absent from the body are present in the Lord. Thank God for that one. You can't see them. You can't hear them. You can't hug them. But you can trust me. Trust me. This corruption must be taken off in order that the incorruptible might be taken on flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Can you say amen? This mortal must put on or immortality. Death must be swallowed up. Trust me. The Bible says that Jesus has the keys of death, hell. Devil doesn't have the keys or you'd be dead by, by evening. So trust me. The Bible said in this world nothing can be compared to my glory. I has not seen, nor ear has heard the things that God has prepared for me. E.B. Hill, you're going to have to trust me. Just wait till you see her again. Just wait till I see Lynn again. You can trust me. Just trust me, E.B. Hill. Trust me. That's what you're going to have to do. Marco, I got to take this coat off. It's hot as up. It's hot as Hades in here. I'm sorry. I'm, thank you. That's why I brought him. See, he, he, he's not good as Mary taking my. See, Mary wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Not. I don't mean that, uh, Pastor Young. Don't take that seriously. Uh, I'm just getting worked up up here. Next slide, please. And I believe the Holy Spirit gave me this word. Trust is the foundation of all faith. you got to get it here. You may not have it there. I didn't have it there until I got in some major storms. But in the major storms, I began to learn how to trust him. But that's literally the foundation of all your faith. It's got to start with trust. Just like this cement's. The foundation of this building and everything, all the structures built around it, it's got to have a good foundation. you got to have a good foundation, and it starts with you got to trust him. You can't see it. You can't feel it. You can't hear him. You can't know him. It's going to have to trust him. And Paul gives us a great example of this. I'm at 2 Corinthians 1.8. I guess it's up there. Is it up there? Okay. You need to put the, the you need to put that where the speaker can see it. Say in the back, Eon. Maybe in the back where I, where I could see it. I mean, it's just a thought. You don't have to do what I tell you. I'm not your boss. He's your boss. <laughs> but First uh, Corinthians one eight, Paul's in trouble. Have you ever been in trouble? Have, have, 
Have you, and it's a foolish question to ask, but have you ever been in a hard place? Have you ever been in a desperate place? Place of distress and despair. Have you ever been there? If you've never been there, it's coming. I, I just want to, I told the church in Arab, we're, we're not in heaven. We're, we're in enemy territory down here. And you've got an adversary that's not a friend and his gun sights on you and he's not smiling. And then plus you all your stinking flesh you got to deal with. Top of it. So it looks like how many have been at a desperate place? And I just want to, well, this this message must be from God for you. Because another one's coming. So I rebuke that. Well, you rebuke it all day long, but I know life. I've been here long enough. I've been here 83 years. I know enough to know. And I'm still going through them. Will they ever stop? I don't think so. But will, will he ever stop? Heaven will. Heaven, I don't think so. He never sleeps, nor does he slumber. He's always watching you. He's always looking over you. He's always concerned about you. And so you've got a Father in heaven who really cares about you. So the devil can't take you unless God permits anything. And he's not going to permit, and God ain't going to fit no devil to kill you. So forget that. Uh, I want to read verse 8 out of the Passion. How many like the Passion translation? If you don't have one, I'd encourage but you can get it on your phone. But I, I, like, the, I like the book. My wife follows the phone a lot, and pooey, I don't want the phone. I want the Bible. I want the Word. I want to look at it. I want to scratch in it. I want to write in it. And I want to I want to do, I want to look at it from the paper. Brothers and sisters of Holy Pond. You need to know. Paul said you need to know about the severe trials. Not, not easy trials, but severe trials that we experienced while in western Turkey. And all the hardships we passed through crushed us. I want you to hear this. Crushed us beyond our ability to endure. God is using, God uses everything that the enemy tries to do to you. God's going to use it for your benefit. And we were so, so completely overwhelmed that we were about to give up entirely. Have you ever felt like giving up? Have you ever felt like giving in? But something, in the moment you're about to give up and give in, something called the infinite grace of God kicks in, and you can fight another day. But you got, you, if you're trusting. Said in, crushed us beyond our ability to endure. Been here, been here, been here. In this life, there's all kind of pain and suffering all around your family. Somebody in your family right now is in pain and suffering. I don't have to, I don't have to, I don't, that's not a word of knowledge. That's just a fact. It happens all around us. I, we're in a storm back home with a daughter and a grandson who had a scholarship to play college football, who is a 4 year old student finishing his high school career, got stupid because deci bad decisions make you stupid and got on acid and he got on mushrooms, hallucinated, went all over New Orleans in the streets in Hammond, preaching the gospel, using the F word, every other word, because he's hallucinating on acid and mushrooms. Now he's in a mental ward. He's in a mental ward because he made a wrong decision. But we're not giving up on him. We love him. <laughs> we love him. And a great guy, great athlete, a brilliant, handsome young man like his grandfather. 
but God. And then my daughter is just racked out with it. And, and so, but, but God. Well, what are you going to do, brother, right? Well, we're going to pray. We are going to believe. But the bottom line is that we're going to trust him in Jesus' name. That stone is not in the devil's hands, that he's in God's hands. Can you say amen? That sooner or later he's coming out of it. And he believes he's a Paul right now hallucinating. But that may be a signal he might be. Might be. Well, the devil always, always overplays his hand. But thank God, God's hand is on us. Then he said, we despaired even of life. Have you ever despaired? I don't know if. I can go on. I'm confused. I'm in chaos. I'm exhausted. I don't know where God's at. I'm oppressed. I'm laid low. I don't know if I have energy to wake up in the morning. Have you, gone, have you ever gone to bed saying, I wish Jesus would come tonight? Have you go, ever done that? If you've never done that, you're going to do that one day. My wife and I have gone to bed wishing the Lord would come for us. But guess what? He just wants us to trust him in the midst of it. But we're human just like you. We struggled. We all struggled. And then, then in the Passion Translation, verse 9, says, I felt like we had the death sentence written upon our hearts, and we still feel it. To, we still have feelings about that to this day. Those feelings of those hard places kind of never leave you, but it, it doesn't harm you. But the I, I, reason I'm so sensitive about things, some of the feelings are still there. And then he said, it, it has taught us, to lose all faith in ourselves, in our own human effort, and to place all our trust in God who raises the dead. Not some of our trust, but all of our trust in the hard place because God's all-powerful. Then verse 10 says, he delivers us. He deliver. I'm going back to the King James. He delivers us great from greater death and does deliver us. You don't need to worry about it. He keeps on delivering us. He delivers us, and he keeps on delivering us. That in whom we trust, there it is. Paul had it. Paul got it. He got it in the hard place. You may be in a hard place. It's time to get it. You've got to trust him. Don't get so loud. I want to. I want to get loud. Make sure you hear it. I said, Brother Rod, I'm not deaf. But you might be religious. I just thought I'd say that. The worst day of my life was uh, the day my daughter took her life, and and uh, I, I thought I, I thought I'd lost the world. And her suicide note said, "Jesus, please forgive me, and I love all of you." She had a great heart, messed up mine. And when when. She died. God took her. Well, she committed suicide. God sends people who commit suicide to hell. I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. You little religious thing. I beg your pardon. The Pentecostals and the Catholics taught you wrong. Suicide victim, if their heart's right, they don't go to hell. God don't judge the head. He judges the heart. Heart's good. He's taking them. Hell can't have them. My daughter's not in hell. Beg your pardon. She's in heaven. 
Why do you say that? Because I trust him that he has my daughter in his hands. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not hollering because I'm mad. I'm not mad at you. Just don't, don't take that wrong. And then, then a week after death, Holy Spirit, you know, when you're going through it, you've got to inquire of the Lord. You've got to do something. I mean, you just can't be stupid and be passive and say, I trust him. You've got to inquire of him at the same time. Or you trust. If, you don't, if you're not trusting him, you're not inquiring of him anymore. And I inquired of him, and, and, and he spoke to me. I mean, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you and in, in your desperate place. And Micah 7, 9, Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, I will take up your case. Then he said to me, Micah 7, 9, I will revenge you for all that you suffered. All that you suffered and you lost. Jesus said, Holy Spirit said, Rod Lord, I'm going to revenge you. One of his house pops up. Boop. Two lens house pops up. Boop. Three lens house pops up. Boop. Five acres pop up. Boop. Number four is on the line. We got money to go some more. Amen. We got ladies coming that are broken off of suicide beds, can't want to crash their cars. Some of them actually tried the suicide, come to us. They come to us suicidal on psych drugs, and they live like, live like eagles. Right. Come on, somebody. And every time uh, a broken lady comes into the home, it's not Lynn coming, but it's like Lynn coming. Coming home to Papa, and they all look at me as Papa. Most of them never had a daddy. The Lord says, I'm doing a good thing in your life. It's not a bad thing. I'm doing a fresh thing. I smell fresh roses all around you. That God's, God's refreshing you, and a sweet savor of heaven is coming on you. Because the Lord says, you're a good girl. You're his girl. You don't, you don't belong to this world system. You were out there, but you're not out there no more. So the, your past is as far as the east from the west. The Lord remembers it no more. And he, he's refreshing you because you're his. Okay. Don't listen to any other voice. All your shame is gone. All your guilt is gone. The blood sets you free. Love you. I love these Alabama people. <laughs> I mean, I know LSU beat the snot out of y'all. <laughs> two points, two points. Remember that word, two points, two points. You don't know the game. At the end, the last minute of play, LSU scored two points and won the game. And Saban walked off the field cussing like a shovel. <laughs> I don't. Where where am I at? Where am I at in this message? Huh? Landing the plane. Oh, I'm landing the plane. Okay. Let, let me. I put on that song. I th I don't know if I'm landing the plane yet, but I think I am. <laughs> Marco, you, you you're trying to be my wife, and you're not my wife. <laughs> Okay, I'm 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 going to pass up some notes here that I don't think is going to fit in. But uh, uh, on the song "How Great Thou Art," I'm, I am going to land. Just a moment. I love him. Do you love him? 
And I love you. I know you don't know me, but I love you. But how can you love someone you never met? Simple. It's just the love of God. How great, how great thou art. No man's great, only God is great. Brother Keith is good, but he's not great. Some people say, Rod, you're great. No, I'm not great, he's great, he's great. Come down just a little bit, and I'm landing the plane. I'm going to land it. Come down, but keep it on. Just come down with it. God does his greatest work in your pain and in your suffering. I'm telling you. When God brings promotion, it's often in your setbacks and your heartbreaks. And sir, and that's your wife, beautiful wife, a lot prettier than you are. Trust declares that everything is working for y'all's good. The bad things, the sad things, the glad things, everything's working. And your marriage and your life is in his hands now. And the Lord's bringing you forth now. What the enemy has come in like a flood against you, but God is here. And Jesus is coming in now. And he's going to make everything all right. The Lord said, I'm bringing you to the place called all right. Everything's all right. And out of the trial that y'all been waging in, the enemy has been coming at y'all. It can't match the grace of God. His grace is doing the work in you. It's starting in you and it's going to bleed down into her. In Jesus' name. It took me a long time to learn how to love my wife. I'm not saying you don't love your wife. But to love her to the place where she felt secure. But now we can't do without each other. Neither one of us want to die. Because we don't want to leave each other. And I'm leaving her some money. And I don't want no dude to get my money. And I don't want to look over the balcony of heaven and see some dude laying in my bed. I love you. I don't stink. I took a shower last night. Love you. I'm landing it. C.S. Lewis says that God whispers in your pleasure, but he shouts in your pain. 
When Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The father was never closer to the son than at the moment. And when you're in your pain and you can't see, you can't understand, Holy Spirit is never closer to you than he is at that moment. And I got good news. He's not going to let you drown in your sorrow or your hurts or your pains. He's going to rescue you. He's your deliverer, and he will set you free. In Jesus' name. I'm landing a plane. Marco, quit, quit telling me what to do. Dr. Hudson Taylor, anybody ever hear of him? Get, buy his book is about his life, his biography of his life. Dr. Hudson Taylor. <clears throat> I think it was 1853. He got on a boat, practicing position, had a good, good business. But he heard a call to go to the heathen that he had never seen. He went on that boat by himself to start the inland China missions that touched China touched China. Millions of believers are there now because of Dr. Hudson Taylor obeying the call. But whatever call you obey, there's a price to pay in it. He buried his wife and he buried two children on the China field. That's a price. Then the Boxer Rebellion broke out in 1900. The pheasants began to blame the, the peasants, not the pheasants. <laughs> the peasants began to blame. I, don't, I hate to mix. I got joy, so I mix it with seriousness. Began to blame the Christians for their poverty and began to murder them. And he had hundreds of missionaries on the field by this time. And he with the psalm, keep it rolling. And he was in England itinerating when the rebellion broke out. And he made these statements. I already said them. I read in his Bible, I can't think. I can't believe. I can't pray. But I can trust him. There he is. That's the foundation that you work on and you fall on when nothing is going right and all victory is lost. I trust you. Trust you. Just going to trust you. The young man in the black shirt, I hear the word separation. I'm not talking about a marriage. You single? Married. I'm talking about consecration. It's your time to give up and let God take over totally. The Lord says you're a Nazarite. That means a separated one. Separated from this stinking world system that has no life in it but death in it. The Lord said you're going to learn how to hate evil and you're going to learn how to love righteousness. God says you're going to hate what I hate and love what I love. That's holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So you're being separated. Brother Keith, Kelly, I love you so much. You just don't know how much I love you. You don't know just how much I love you. 
but here. I pray for y'all just about every day. Eon and Jessica's name goes up. Sam and John Wesley's name goes up. Brother Keith and Kelly's name goes up. And if you get in trouble, trust him. But then call me. Then I'll fly in. We need each other at the same time. Can you say amen? Okay, would you, would you stand on our feet? Me and Marco got to hit the road. Thank you all for inviting me here today. I count it a privilege. Uh, I'm going to ask the five ministers to come and stand with me. Are you a minister here? Yeah, come stand with us. Yeah, if you're part of the ministry team. Teresa, I love you. Uh, I just met your son. I love him. Yeah, Rod, you say that word too easy. Well, let me be. Let me flow like I want. You do what you want to do. I'm 83 years old. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Teresa, I just want to say I, I know you're a joy bell in the house of the Lord. And because you've been faithful, you and Don have been faithful, he's standing next to you. It's your faithfulness. A, a faithful man and woman are going to be blessed coming in and coming out. And the Lord says, you hadn't seen nothing yet. More is coming. And things beyond your imagination is going to happen. Just trust him. Trust him. This is now the altar of trust. Say, Brother Rod, I'm, I'm going through some stuff. I want you to come. It may seem small to some people, but it's a lot to you. Brother Rod, I'm, I'm a little wounded. I'm hurting and I'm limping right now. Come and release your trust to him. Trust means when everything is going wrong, I'm not stopping I'm going forward. I'm not giving in. I'm not giving up. I'm just going to trust him. In Jesus' name. After my daughter died, I told Mary, I said, I got to take a three-month sabbatical. I gotta, I, I'm grieving too much. I said, Ron, if we stay home, we'll die. We've got to move on. That's my wife. That correction was God. Two weeks later, I was preaching the gospel in West Texas, going through the storms of life never have stopped so if you're here today and you feel like stopping and you're hurting I want you to come and they're going to lay hands on you and someone may have a word for you up here so anybody needs to come anybody in a tough spot anybody in a hard place just come don't be proud just come just come I want you to go to Marco if you would yeah I think Marco has a word for you so just keep coming. Uh, I, I need more light. I got to see the people. I'm sorry. I, I I don't operate good in the dark. I'm not a I'm not a bat. Yeah. Thank you. While they start praying for people, I'm just going to roam around and pray for people uh, while they're praying. And then I got to get get out of here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm gonna lay hands on you, in Jesus' name. Listen, Holy Spirit's a genius. We're not. He's got it all figured out already for your life. Don't worry about your future. God's got you. Forget about your past. If you don't, then the devil will have you. 
Look at me. You got grace for the day. Take it one day at a time. I release grace on her, Jesus. Touch her deep, touch her all. Teresa, come lay your hands on her belly. Uh, a sweetheart. You're a sweetheart. There's a sweet savor. All the bitterness is gone. All the anger is gone. Now there's sweetness. It's the sweetness of heaven in you. The sweet savor of the Lord. And Holy Spirit saying, I'm going to move through you with that sweetness. And all your family is going to see it. And they're going to know it. And they're going to be drawn to it. Your preaching won't draw them. Your sweetness. Quit preaching. Your sweetness is going to draw them. And so we seal that, that not one will be lost. Jesus. You should have came up here, but I came to you. Love you. I'm coming to you. So the Lord said, I'm going to make a way. 